rainy Sunday edition of the Anything Can Be a Podcast podcast here in uh, the, the most comfortable sauna we can find at the Edinburgh Fringe, because we want to make sure that when you're laughing, you're also covered in sweat for no reason. Because I think it's always fun to feel like you're hungover, even when you're already hungover. <laughs> and those lovely people, that's my friend Luke, he works for Just a Tonic. Luke, say hello. Yeah, you can go see some of them great shows. They are excuse exclusively, which is like a word, but mispronounced, exclusively in rooms that have a nice rape feel. You guys run the caves. The only place I was in the caves two years ago doing a show, and it rained inside. Do you know what it feels like when it's raining inside during this festival? Because you guys are audience members, so you guys go through your own emotional roller coaster where you get handed a flyer. And someone's like, come see Litter Box Explosion. And you're like, ooh, this sounds, it got five stars from a man wearing a hat. Very exciting. And then you go, and then it's a person dressed as a cat shitting in a litter box. <laughs> and you were told this was a kid's show, so you're covering your child's eyes with meow, 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 meow. And you're like, oh my god, we paid 11 quid for that. And then, then you come into like a room like this, where it's uh, sweltering heat. It's somehow colder, it's somehow warmer. It's a better temperature outside than inside, even though they've told me there's air conditioning, but I do not believe them. <laughs> right, blonde lady? There's supposed to be air conditioning in this room? Very Scottish attitude right there. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Never be a detective. Never be, or a spy, because you just couldn't lie. It's never been put, so there's possibility for air conditioning. It's right there! just limply mocking us while we sweat from parts of our body that we didn't know could do that. Two days ago, I'm pretty sure I sweated from my eyeballs and it wasn't tears. And it's again, it's a weird day, it's Sunday, so it's that day of the fringe where all the performers are very antsy because Saturday, you get one of two crowds, you get really hyped up amazing crowds or you get a group of people that uh, stare at you for a full hour but you have a reviewer in, so you have to perform. I have another show called Adventure Every Day, 9.45 at the Pleasant Cellar. And you have to perform that show with energy and gusto if there's a reviewer in. But if the entire audience is just staring at you, you feel fucking insane. Because it's like, it's, like, it's, it's like you're being perpetually caught singing in the shower by a group of people. Because you're like, pussy farts! And then, and then you come here, you riff. We're gonna figure it out, thank you. First time you laugh, sir. Let's talk to you, look at you. You look like you know how to re repair a refrigerator. <laughs> Pardon me? Just buy a new one? Just buy a new one? Yeah. What is your name, sir? Probably Rupert. You probably invented blood or something like that. <laughs> What's your name, boss? Win. Win, and you are. Look at your wife. <laughs> 25 years, 25 years, and you guys look happy. What's, yeah, fucking applaud that. That's, that's, I live in fear. I have a girlfriend now, and, uh, and, and we're in love. I just said that yesterday. It was very, very terrifying, because I'm afraid that I would be like, and I love you, and then she would go, it's a prank, see the camera? Go fuck yourself. And I'm like, oh, oh, chattering, horrible. I don't appreciate that evil laugh from a woman who's obviously done, <laughs> the old prank camera reality show trick. The times I've done that to a gentleman. So 25 years, and this is your son? Well, only one kid? That's the way to do it. Focus in. You guys can you play offense, you play defense. I have a friend. I have two friends. I, I like one of them more than the other one. Uh, and they have five children. Five. Exactly. Like, I don't even know. what. Why? Why? When did they have time to have sex in between changing a diaper and telling the 12-year-old not to masturbate? Like, it's just, that's just, that's too many human beings to care about, right? Like, there's one of them you're just going to hate. Like, that middle one, you're just like, I just don't fucking like your face. You're stupid. <laughs> 
you ate crayons, you were a disappointment to the throne. Like, I can understand in a time when kids, yeah, 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 they are royalty in my mind. So you, your name is Wynn, what's your name? Katie. Katie, Wynn and Katie. Doesn't sound that good together. You need to be like Wynn and Magnificent. <laughs> yeah, so Wynn, Magnificent, 25 years. And where did you meet her, Wynn? At university. What were you studying? The language of love. <laughs> Human biology. <laughs> Human biology. <laughs> Katie, you slut. <laughs> and yes, I know that's your son. And yes, I did that to make you uncomfortable, my friend. What's your name? Hugh. Hugh. He couldn't. Your name is Wynn, and you went with Hugh. What the fuck? They're all Welsh names? Yeah, but there's better... You could have gone with Reese, like every other Welshman I've ever met in my entire life. What's your name? Reese. This is my brother, Reese, and that's my dad, Reese the First. So Wynne, Katie, Reese from Wales. What part of Wales? North Wales. North Wales. I went to North Wales when I went to a town called Pontypridd. Is it? I don't fucking know. I'm from Canada. I thought Wales was on the other side until four weeks ago. Yeah, okay. Ooh, it. Where the fuck is Manitoba? My point exactly. Geography is very difficult. Also, did you know that the map we've all seen is wrong proportionally? Right? That's fucking insane. Africa is way bigger than we've been told. And the UK is like, that's fucking big. And America is super tiny. It was an American who drew that world map. And so he's just like, fuck it. America's massive. Go fuck yourselves. Africa is sort of proportional. South America is this big wide continent. But on a map, it like, Chile looks like the size of a hummingbird's clitoris. Like, it's just... <laughs> It's ridiculous, and I feel lied to, so I, I now go into map stores and yell at them, which is why I've been banned from four different off-licenses in Edinburgh, because they don't sell maps anymore. So you're, in, so you're in North Wales. What is in North Wales? Castles? A lot of castles. I did a gig in Wales, and I talked about the castles, and then a woman came up to me and said those castles were built to keep the Welsh out, and then I made the mistake of going, wouldn't a fence been better? And, they, and then she looked at me like, go fuck yourself. So where, where in North Wales? Buckley. That sounds very pronounceable. Okay, what is it in Wales? Beautiful. Be what the fuck? <laughs> I'm not here to make fun of your language, but the amount of whys that are involved make it seem like it's a joke. It's uh, great, but it's so confusing when you're trying to find a town called Pontypridd, and Pontypridd starts with a Y, but pronounced with a P. What the fuck is going on? Also, I know some of you aren't laughing and you're smiling, and that's not appreciated. This is an audio program. Miss, I'm looking at you specifically, because you've been staring at me like you're having a good time, but you're not showing it, and I don't like that, and your dad's been laughing the whole time. Follow him. Now, <laughs> yeah, most shows, they don't acknowledge the laughter. Here, I will acknowledge the lack of laughter. I'll talk to that man in the back who looks like he's a uh, golf caddy, and he definitely has a story. What's your name, brother? No, I'm talking to you. Yeah, it's Ian. It's Ian? Yeah. Of course it is. Where are you from, Ian? God damn right you are. The most intensely lovely town that looks so fucking frightening. <laughs> it does. I saw a woman throw up into a baby carriage the first time I went to Manchester, and I was just like, I think the people in London were right about this place. <laughs> but actually, it's not. I fucking I love Manchester. Funnest place to get drunk. A man handed me chips one time when I was drunk in Manchester, and I was literally just supposed to say, we gotta get some chips, and the guy went, oh, here you go, pal, have some chips. I know that's not a Manchester accent, but I don't know how to do it. So, pardon me? Thank you very much, Ian. And what do you do, Ian? Um, I'm a designer. Your design, what do you design? Uh, I design buildings. I don't believe a word you're saying, Ian. The amount of pauses you're taking, just, I'm a unicorn wrangler. I have a go. 
Gardner. <laughs> what is something that you've designed that we may have seen? <laughs> fucking the energy on this fucking show is off the chain. I've never heard an English person respond to that question. So what do you do? Fuck knows. Actually, that's the most English way to respond to a job. What do you do? Sleep, mostly, actually. And as a surgeon, I know it's not professional, but fuck it. <laughs> NHS to the rescue. So you're from the north of Wales, a place called Buckley, which sounds like you live on the back of a cute dog. That was very fucking clever, because you, have you ever seen a dog named Buckley? You will explode with desire and love. And then the rest of you to just stand there going, no, a cute dog is named Scraps. Maybe where you come from, but in Canada, we name things cute appropriately. Back to you, win. Or, as the conversation continues, perhaps lose. Now, what do you do in, what do you do in Buckley? man of mystery. So you live in Bristol. I was recently in Bristol. I got drunk by the canals. You ever done that? Do you guys like to drink outside? Let me give you a little tip here. So pubs sometimes are a little expensive and you want to drink after the hour of midnight because you guys don't know this thing about nighttime where it continues until dawn and you can drink all of those hours not in your house. So what you do is you go to an off license and you buy an unreasonable amount of beer and you put it somewhere nice and you drink all of that beer with your friends and then you get so drunk you tell secrets. I got told by a friend of mine that he's paid for four different abortions. Then I was like, does your girlfriend know about that? And he went, no. Most of them were while we were dating. I'm not gonna mention his name, but he's totally listening to this and I know he's like, don't mention my name. And now I really want to, to inject some energy into this show. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it, I'm not gonna do it. Let's just say he's definitely having fun back in Canada right now. <laughs> I can hear him, I can hear him. He's like, no, do not say it. Heather is in the room. That's her, not her name, but that's what I called her sometimes because I couldn't remember what her name was, but she looked like a Heather, but that's not her name. It's Stacy. No, it's not. Fooled you! <laughs> I also almost said his name right there, right to the microphone. Oh, fuck. I need to stop talking. I might have to edit this out because... <laughs> and now, so you live in Bristol. Lovely town in Bristol. A lot of assholes in Bristol. I'm going to talk about this. Bristol doesn't make sense as a town. Who here, ha show of hands, been to Bristol? All right, this'll be fun for some of you. Bristol, very typical English city in that they built it next to water, but then didn't build it around the water. They built it over the water. So they have bridges and locks, various tunnels for you to get around. But on a map or on Google Maps, they don't tell you about this. So they'll just show you a walking path and it looks like you have to walk over water <laughs> to get to your hotel room. And I don't know about you guys, but I love to drink on trains. Who here has ever drank on a train? Just the South African win, the man who looks like he programs the computer, the bartender who's asleep, Ian, and that couple at the back who possibly are drunk right now. Let me do you guys a favor. Always drink on conveyances. The best times I've ever had are drunk on planes. Because I know what you're thinking. Well, why? You get drunk, you get chatted next to the person next to you. I, on a trip back to Canada, sat down, I ordered a scotch and soda because I like to drink like a gentleman on planes. I'm a beer drinker most of the time, but on a plane, I'll be like, give me a Bloody Mary, uh, two fingers of scotch. Uh, two gin and tonics, and I'm gonna need a bag because I'm gonna throw up, for sure. <laughs> also, if this flight is delayed, I've taken a few sleeping pills, so you may see someone asleep in the aisle. That is me. Please lift the drunk, uh, drink cart over me. I will not be able to move. So I'm drinking, and I order a scotch and soda, and the guy next to me, very Scottish man, his eyes were tartan, and his shirt was a square sausage. And he said, <laughs> he said to me, he said, uh, I, uh, you shouldn't water down your scotch. That's not what he sounded like, but he had that like, it didn't sound like he was talking through his throat. It sounded like he was talking through his chest, through a megaphone. 
And, and you know, I was like, oh, why? And he goes, I, I'm from where they make scotch. And I was like, Scotland? Yes, I've heard of it. And he went, oh, good. Very typical Scottish behavior. They're not sure if you've known about Scotland. You're like, yes, we've heard about it. We've all seen Braveheart. My favorite wrestler was Rowdy Roddy Piper, even though he's from Canada and not Scotland. And yet everyone just adopts the fact he's from Scotland, even though he never once had a Scottish accent. And his kilt was made out of a picnic blanket. And I'm not even joking about that. Do you guys know who Rowdy Roddy Piper is? Do you guys remember this? Rowdy Roddy Piper is a professional wrestler. The theme on the podcast is how I love professional wrestling and the audience could give a fuck. Well, guess what, guys? The door's locked. Here we go. So he is <laughs> a professional wrestler. He's very famous for a couple of things. One of them is he blacked up during a WrestleMania match when he was fighting a guy named, uh. yeah, I know, Bad News Brown. And he did it as a prank to rib the r guy he was wrestling. The problem was it was watched by like seven million people who weren't in on the prank between him and one other guy. So he got in a little bit of trouble from the FCC, because I don't know if you guys remember the 90s, but even then, weren't allowed to do that. Uh, he also was famous for, he uh, had this interview segment called Piper's Pit, and a guy named S Jimmy Superfly Snooker was on it, and he wanted to get a little extra pizzazz. So he's like, get me some stuff from the tropics, and I'll hit, it with him. I'll hit him in the head with it. And he thought they would bring him bananas, and they brought him coconuts. So he hit a human being in the head with a coconut. Now, while professional wrestling is fake, you can't fake getting hit in the head with a coconut. So that guy literally got angry at him for two years and would try and fight him in hotel rooms. And luckily, Rowdy Roddy Piper did a lot of cocaine, so he was ready to do that. <laughs> and so I'm sitting on the plane, I'm drinking scotch, and he goes, I'm from Scotland. I go, what part? And he goes, I'm from Loch Ness. And I was like, I have so many questions about Loch Ness. And then he leaned back in that way only someone from this island can, where he's like, I have information that will now blow your mind. Be prepared. And he went, well, I am the Loch Ness historian. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, my job is to know all the history of Loch Ness. And then when someone comes to look for the monster, I have to help them. And I go, how often does that happen? And he goes, there's one every month. And I go, where are they from? And he goes, they're all from America. <laughs> they all have a new plan. And the new plan is always putting some sort of meat on a hook and then just <laughs> dropping it into the lock. And then I go, is Loch Ness real? And he goes, well, no, he's not real. And I go, well, what do you think it is? And he goes, I think people drink and see things. <laughs> I've gotten drunk and seen him. I've navigated the entire lock. The, if it's there, we'd find it. It's not. And I was like, fuck, that's really ruining it. What's some crazy shit that's happened up there? And he goes, well, at least three times a year, a stag do will come up there and try and go swimming in the lock. And then they'll claim to find it. One time they found, they thought they found it. Turned out it was one of their jackets. That was the greatest <laughs> thing. Because I don't know if you guys have st seen stag do's, but I'm pretty sure that their jackets are moth. Let's actually talk about this. You went on a stag do when you married Kate, correct? Why the fuck do you guys think it's okay to behave like utter shitheads for 24? I've been on bachelor parties. You know what we do? We eat steak and then we drink and you go to a strip club. In the UK, what do you guys do? Well, you wake up, you drink everything you eat, like rubbing alcohol, cooking sherry. <laughs> You draw cocks on each other, then it's time for breakfast. And then you go out into the afternoon and you do some sort of activity like you go go-karting, but you're too hammered even to understand the concept of a car, let alone operate a miniature-wise one, or miniature one, because miniature-wise sounds like I just turned into an 11-year-old. <laughs> and you drive around the track, you get super drunk, and then it's 5 p.m., what do you guys decide to do? Strip club then? No, perhaps a concert where your loud talking would be appreciated? No, you all inevitably head to a comedy club, which I can never fucking understand. Luke, you work at a comedy club. Do you understand why the stag dudes come? No. No. I'm drunk, and when I'm drunk, I think I'm fucking fascinating, right? 
I'm sober right now, and I think I'm fucking doing a great job. You guys may disagree, but listen, it's going very well. And, but when I am drunk, I am just the, I will hold court no matter what the situation is. Oh, I found a thimble. Let me tell you who invented thimbles. It was a man named Thomas. He kept hurting his hand while he was sewing. I'm making this up as I go along, but you're believing me because we're playing a game called What's That Vodka and Beer? Let's try it. By the way, do not put vodka in beer because the beer masks the taste of vodka and then you somehow are drunk and hung over at the same time and it's only 11 p.m. and your friend Andy Balls has to get married the next day and he looks hung over in those photos. Now, so then that, so I don't understand that. And then afterwards, very, did you go to a strip club when you, the, of course not. Yeah, you did win. What were strip clubs like in the 80s, 70s? Much hairier. Much hairier? <laughs> I like how you just said that with a nun, much hairier. Excellent point, my friend. Holy fuck, out of nowhere. Kid Emo from the back put down the guitar and made a salient point. How do you know they've changed? Have you and Katie gone to down to the gone down to the Buckley Arms and seen Luscious Lily or whatever the fuck? Is there a is there a strip club in Buckley? It must be fucking sad. No, strip club in Bristol. You're what? Do you, you must be a lawyer. Let's ask your son, Hugh. How old are you, Hugh? 18. So, have you gone to the pubic triangle here in Edinburgh yet? No, I, it sounds much worse than it is. It's just three strip, strip clubs together, but this being Edinburgh, the most terrifying city in the world, they had to give it a creepy name. So they didn't call it Strip Club Corner or Sex Alley. They went pubic triangle, which sounds like when you go there, your genitals will disappear forever. And. Now, I've never actually gone in. I came close. I'm not a big fan of strip clubs because I find the whole thing very creepy because you have boners next to your friends. And it's just very bizarre. And you always have that one friend in the group that's way too into... I know there's a child here. Just go like this, son. Both ears. Both ears. How old are you, brother? Twelve. Twelve. You'll be in a strip club soon. Part watching, not participating, hopefully. It seems like you have a stable family. What, what is your name, brother? Jack, of course. And where are you from, Jack? Uh, Scotland. Scotland. Never go to a strip club there. J that was a joke! <laughs> where in Scotland? Dundee. Dundee. That's a beautiful place. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, is that your dad? And how, how old is your dad? You guys can hear that techno music too, right? <laughs> how long has that been going on? <laughs> my goddamn fault. This means the whole beginning of the show is going to be very kicky. Perfect for MDMA. <laughs> for those of you listening at home, to appreciate this show, you must do three things. One, take a tab of MDMA. Jack, for you, if you're wondering, MDMA is a vitamin only for adults. <laughs> never take it. Never take it. Here's what happens. You're going to end up in a bathroom with a guy named Sanchez. <laughs> he's going to have a goatee and he's going to want to talk to you about 9-11 conspiracies and you're going to think it's a good idea. It is not a good idea. Go to bed. If you take anything away from this festival, Jack, remember this. If it is 2 a.m. and someone says, let's go to a second location, you say, no! <laughs> Nothing good happens at that second location. You think there's going to be a lady there for smooching, and she will not be there. You'll just be sitting around with your friends talking about bullshit when you could be sleeping the sleep of champions. 
So what's the rule? What happens at 2 a.m.? Where do you go? You should think about it. What? Very good, Jack! You're going to be... Yes. You're going to be the Prime Minister of Scotland one day, my friend. Are you for or against independence, Jack? Not decided. Has anyone in this country made a decision? Because the poll numbers are very decisive, and I talk to every Scottish person, they go, I don't know, I don't even know. What are you talking about? Independence? We haven't... No, shut up. It's the festivals on. The English are here spending money. Shut the fuck up about it. When they go, we're gonna fuck them. I don't know. Did you guys, Jack? Do you read the Guardian? Do you, it's you're you're amongst friends. You can say you read the Guardian. I read it every day because it it it's the best newspaper for me because it's just like having a piece of paper that agrees with everything I believe, no matter the evidence to the contrary. Just like, David Cameron had nothing to do with the economic resurgence of the UK. You're goddamn right. I don't like how he looks, and his hair makes me feel like he smells like money. Fuck him. And they're like, yeah, fuck him, John. It's like, is this an article written specifically for me? Um, do you read The Guardian, Jack? No. Does your dad read The Guardian? What newspaper do you read, sir? The Sun. You can't even say it without laughing. I understand. That's a nice sign. The guy walked in with a beer, phone rang, walked right the fuck back out. That's a nice heckle. I've never got one of those before. Just like, oh, what a show. Ring, ring. Hello? Yeah, I can chat. What's going on? No, they're just talking about The Guardian. Page three, girls. How do you feel about those? Yeah, 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 specifically. You feel all right? I find it uncomfortable to read that newspaper in public because sometimes page three has articles I want to read, but then it just looks like I'm looking at a naked woman for far too long on the tube. And I'm just like, it's fucking unnerving and it's also just unbelievable violent. Oh, my name's Tiffany. I'm 18 and I just love being shirtless in front of cameras and I'm not doing this for money and I want to be a lawyer one day, tee hee hee. And it's just like, at least put her... Just like she, like I, and I just don't know what it has to do with news. That's my thing. It's like, where was the idea? Like, what event happened? Like, was there a time on this island, like, the saddest thing in the world happened? There was a fire in a puppy mill, and the fire people tried to, the fire people, you know the fire people. <laughs> the fire brigade tried to put it out, and they tried something new by just throwing sad, crying orphans on it, and it was on Christmas Eve. Yeah, the saddest thing in the world. And the news people the next day were like, how are we going to report this story? Well, we'll put a naked woman, and then we'll report it, and it'll be okay. And they're like, good idea, Rupert Murdoch. Why did you just eat that kitten? I don't know why. I, here's my thing about Rupert Murdoch and that other woman with the red hair who looks like she's never smiled. What's Rebecca Brooks? How did she... I, I didn't read anything about the trial. I just made an opinion, because I am what you call a middle-class left-wing loon, and that I just have opinions based on nothing and then I think that they're fact, and then I get upset when people disagree with me. You know me. I'm that guy at the party who ruins things. One guy comes in and goes, you know, I voted Tory. And I went, oh, I didn't realize you decided that you were against hope and love. I didn't realize you were a fucking idiot. And you're like, oh, it's just because I have a high-paying job. I don't want my taxes to be lower. Oh, I didn't realize you wanted to rape a child. Fuck you. And they're like, actually, no, I think that the Tories have actually done some good things in the UK because the Labour government was in too long and they became, became corrupt. Tony Blair was really just a Tory masquerading as a liberal person. You're like, oh, yeah? Well, those are all salient points. But I think Ed Miliband is fun because I've never met boring as a person before. <laughs> Your move. 
That's the problem with politics in this country is there's no one to root for. You know what I mean? Like, Ed Miliband just looks like he just woke up from a nap called his life. David Cameron doesn't look very... He just doesn't look like a nice man. You have Nick Clegg just running around unsure what he's actually supposed to do. Like, he just looks like he... Someone was like, hey, do you want to pretend to be in the parliament? And he was like, yeah, sure, I got nothing to do today. And that... And now he's like this decisive person. Nigel Farage is running around looking like the drawing of a rich racist, smoking inside and just going, yeah, fuck the Polish. And yet, I have yet to meet a Polish person, and I've lived in the UK for two years. I don't know where they are and what people are talking about. More funny coming. Now, <laughs> we should probably start the show, I think is what we should probably do. So for those of you who are new to the program, what happens is I read a topic or something sent to me by a great comedian on the fringe, and then um, we riff about it for a long time, and we'll probably talk about the pubic triangle some more. You guys hear that angry music playing? It's a beautiful, decisive build from what's just happening. I don't know who started that. Lady behind the bar, what happened there? Shore next door. Shore next door, interesting. What's your name, by the way? Oh, I'm Caitlin. Oh, hello, Caitlin. What are you drinking, Caitlin? Oh, just blackcurrant and soda. Just blackcurrant and soda? There's no vodka in there? Unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. Did you get drunk last night, Caitlin? What about the night before, Caitlin? <laughs> Why aren't you getting smashed and heading out there and trying to meet a nice gentleman who's a comedian who says, like, yeah, you will date forever, and really he'll just go back to London and never call you again? Yeah, yeah good point. <laughs> also, Jack, remember, if you become a woman for whatever reason, because your life is your own, and you come to the Edinburgh Festival and a dude is like, yeah, baby, we'll just make out now, and we'll be together forever. That man is a liar. He's a comedian, and he's just doing it to placate the fact that it's uh, August and he's getting bullshit reviews. Ladies and gentlemen, it's true. You should see the behavior. It is so hard to be a man during this festival because my friends are just behaving like fucking stereotypical. Like, like Luke, you're, you're a promoter. You see how comedians behave after shows. It's just creepy to the power of a million at times. Just... It, it is. It's so fucking unnerving because it's like friends that you care about and they're just like, hang on, I just got to stare at that capital Heine. And you're like, oh, God, I feel like I need a shower. Again, I'm being very funny to me. You guys can stare at me all you want. The fucking doors are locked, so just know that, all right? Free show means I get to be funny for me and South Africa's laughing at me and that makes me very uncomfortable because of their history with things that they find interesting. <laughs> what, you guys didn't know about apartheid? Are you, are, do you live in South Africa now, or you live here? I live here now. How long were you living in South Africa? My whole life. Your whole life? Yeah. So, so you, were, you saw, you, so you're old enough that you saw both sides of it? Yeah, 20. Oh, we're the same age. Cool. Yeah, congratulations. Best year. Yeah, wow. year of Live Aid, by the way. Yeah, without <laughs> us. Where would the farmers of the United States be? Probably still fine. <laughs> yeah. You know that the song We Are the World was written about me and her. Did you not know that? Yeah. Yeah, Boy George is our spirit animal. <laughs> What a creepy spirit animal that would be. <laughs> Wind spirit animal is probably the badger or a cute dog named Buckley. And me, and what is your name, miss? Casey. Me and Casey's spirit animal is a sad man with mascara dripping down singing that creepy song. What's it called? Do you really want to hurt me? Yes. Stop fucking singing. <laughs> and do you guys remember when Boy George was a DJ for like 20 minutes? Do you remember that? No? No one? He did it. It was awesome. I was working in, uh, I had a brief sojourn working in radio as a producer and a writer. So if you guys have listened to like, you, you don't really have it here, but in North America we have this thing called Morning Zoo Radio. And it's a guy who sounds like he's had 11 Red Bulls, gets on a microphone at 6 a.m. and is like, hey, 
Hey, you're listening to the Wacky Time. It's Ron and Bill. All right, coming at you the Friday morning fun song. But first, let's check in weather and traffic together. What's going on with traffic? Traffic's weird. Weather's weird. Back to Ron and Bill. Here's the shoe store. Like, it's just that. For 90 seconds every eight minutes, and they have a guy who sits there who has to get it. It was my job. I would get there at 1 in the morning, and I had to write jokes that they would not use and sketches that they would butcher just to be played on radio. I had a character called Johnny the Shouter, and it was just my excuse of ways to really be upset at the radio show I was being a part of. Because they were actually very gifted broadcasters, but there was a guy above them, a program director, who was a dick. And so he applied business acumen to something creative. These guys have been radio broadcasters for like 35 years. They were both like millionaires, had done really well. It was syndicated all over Canada, and then this is sort of the end of their sort of run. And this guy was trying to do things. He brought in one day a, a board of their optimum listener. And the optimum listener was a woman, 50 to 55. She was making eggs. I don't know how they figured that out specifically. She's making eggs, and she listens for three minutes, and she wants to know about traffic, weather, and when a craft fair was coming to Montreal. Which then responded to the creation of my character, Johnny the Shouter, where I would yell craft tips while I was stuck in traffic. And we did it three times, and then the program director came in the studio while I was literally yelling, and then you put the gimp lace in your basket! Cause you're a gimp lady! I knew what I was doing, but a gimp lace is already also a thing in Canada, so I thought it was clever. And he came in and he turned my microphone on and went, do you know what Roberta is listening to? He named the woman Roberta. It was so creepy. And so in my brief sojourn in that, we would get weird 80s celebrities coming in. I met uh, Rick, uh, Rick Astley. Do you guys remember Rick Astley? Yeah. Rick Astley is the nicest celebrity I've ever met in my entire life. He had that one song. He owned that song. He didn't have a manager or a record company. So he has like $10 million. He retired to Oxfordshire to raise his daughter. His wife is a producer. And he just literally does one show in Tokyo every year to just make money to pay for his daughter's school. And that's it. And we rickrolled him in the studio. So we had, I went and, I don't know if you guys have ever been awake at four in the morning, but when you're by yourself, you get really dumb ideas. So I called a gospel chorus at 5.15 and asked them if they could get to the radio station for seven to sing, um, oh, what the fuck is it called? Never Gonna Give You Up. Two women showed up to sing Never Gonna Give You Up and they've never heard the song. So I am having to conduct like a, like a little like, never gonna give you up, never gonna meh, meh, meh. And they were like, okay. I didn't know the words. I should have printed them out. And they were like, okay, we can do it. So he's in the studio happening and then we kick the door open and they just go, never gonna give you up. And then the microphone goes, ah, oh, this again. And I was like, ah, damn it, Rick Astley. And then he laughed a lot and took photos. And then, uh, yeah, it was really great. But the other person is we got Boy George coming in on his DJ tour. And uh, Boy George never actually showed up in the studio because we sent the wrong town card. Town card, my boss, Aaron, was this great guy, very Canadian man. He was always in, uh, in flannel. Uh, he had a dog. He owned a pie shop. And not the pies you guys have with meat. Real pies with fruit that you leave on the sill and then a fox comes and steals it and a fairy tale ensues. You know, delicious pie that goes after the meal. Not your pie that's before the meal that feels like you just ate a hockey puck full of lies. And it sits in your belly like nuclear waste just sitting there going, when this duke occurs, the toilet will break. Like, I don't know... Like, and I, I will eat, I will eat a, a pie, but I don't know... When people eat pie sober, I'm impressed. Like, I treat them like they just walked on the moon. Like, what? Such bravery. 
like drunk, I'll be like, give me a pie, give me chips, pour gravy on top of that, put one of them battered sausages on there because I want to know what a heart attack feels like right now. <laughs> Who invented the battered sausage? Who looked at that and thought, not enough nitrates for me? Because my girlfriend's been up for the last week, and so she, um, she has all these dietary things, so she can't eat wheat. Um, so she has to have like sausage without the batter. And we went to, you sent us to this place, it's called like Rock Island Takeaway, and it's three Scottish ladies in front of a fryer, and they're just having a chat like, oh, you know, Billy was over, and you know, he's still back on the math. But Sony said, you know, it's like, they're not actually speaking in that accent, that is a Newfoundland accent, but they're having that Gabby middle-aged woman talk. We're like, you know, I keep telling Susie, if he goes back with Travis, that's the it. Like, if she shows up with one more black eye, I'm gonna black his eye, and I'm gonna kill his dog. I swear to God. Like, it's just that kind of chat, and you feel like you've walked into someone's parlor to order food. So we g walk in, they're making whatever, and my girlfriend goes, hi, do you have anything that has gluten or wheat in it? And they looked at her like she just walked in and went, would you like to hear about the Nazi party of Canada? <laughs> and they pointed at the battered sausage and they went, you could pick it off that, or you could just have the sausage. And there was just the before the battered sausage. She was like, I'll have that. And as they're putting it in the cart and they went, it's not very good. And then just popped it on the chips and handed it over. And I was just like, only in Scotland, as you're buying something from someone, they would go, this bit's shit, but we already have your money. <laughs> And so, yeah, so we went there, she ate it. It's just, it's amazing. It's lovely to be back in this sit country. It's, it, is, it is a country, right? Scottish people in the house? Jack, Scotland is a country? Okay, let me ask you this then. When did it become a country? Always has been. But there was a time when the English conquered it, right? Then what the fuck is Braveheart about then? They conquered bits of it, not the whole thing? I'm going to believe you. <laughs> Is that true? you got to know, my length of Scottish history is this. I watched Braveheart twice, and then I started reading a book about Robert the Bruce, and it began with, he was born when the moon was high in the sky, and then I closed the book and left it on a bus. <laughs> I get drunk on Robbie Burns Day because that's a big day to drink in Canada. Not in Scotland, I don't think. Is Robbie Burns a big day? Yeah, it's fucking massive in Canada because I don't know if you've met Canadians, but we love putting on a kilt. We love it. Like a friend of mine, his great, 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 great grandfather is Welsh and he got married in a kilt. And I'm standing there and my great, great grandfather was Scottish and I'm going, as someone who has a little bit of Scottish blood in me, I feel like I should be like, what the fuck? are you doing? You should be wearing a shirt with a dragon on it and you should be singing while you're talking. That's the Welsh way. <laughs> right? Right? Your language does sound like you're singing while you're talking, Win. I'm on your side. And you have Doctor Who. That's a win. Yeah? Do you like Doctor Who? You do? Do you know who invented Doctor Who? It was a Canadian man. He proposed it to the CBC, which is our equivalent of the BBC, and the letter that he was sent back by the CBC was... This series seems to lack longevity and originality. You'll have to take it somewhere else. And then he took it to the BBC and literally proved them the most wrong anyone has ever been about anything ever. It's framed in the CBC head office, by the way. You can walk by the letter that they sent to him. And it's just like, first of all, it's not good when you are like, we fucked up so bad, we better put the letter up. And so you walk by it and literally CBC, the, the Canada has three celebrities. 
Like, you guys know about our other ones, the Justin Biebers, the Celine Dion's, the Nickelbacks. The Canadian celebrities are Don Cherry. He's a man who dressed like Liberace's wet dream, and he talks about hockey for 90 seconds and then his pit bull for, pit bull for two minutes and how he hates Europeans for five, and that's his entire career. Another guy named Rick Mercer who does this show about old people dancing, and then these two gay guys called, I think, Dave and Chris, and they cook, and those are the only Canadian celebrities. And the CBC building is just pictures of their head and then that letter in the lobby. It's very depressing. Ladies and gentlemen, our topic today comes from the fantastic Mr. Nish Kumar. For those of you, anyone here know Nish Kumar? Yes? Good. Nish Kumar is a very funny comedian. Uh, please go see his show. It's called Ruminations on the Self-Depravity of One. His poster is the guy putting his fingers in his nose. He's getting critical acclaim. He's fucking fantastic. He has the best laugh ever. Uh, every time I've toured with him, it's been a gas. I went to, Nish is, is, is Asian. He's from India. And I went to the Isle of Wight with him and another comedian named Romash Ranganathan, who is also brown. Let me tell you about the Island of Wight. Most ap apt name ever. We walk into this tiny pub called the White Horse, and the music stopped when I and then two brown people walked in. The barmaid came across the bar and went, what exactly is it that you want? <laughs> and now, I'm not, I'm not used to any sort of racial prejudice. I am literally, I am a white male in my late 20s to my early 30s, the world is literally my oyster. Like, I am given the benefit of the doubt no matter the situation. I could be in a hotel room covered in blood, holding a leg. The police could burst in and went, what did that woman do to you? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm oblivious to all of these sort of things. So we walk in and they're like, I feel a little uncomfortable. And I go, why? Why? Is it the music's too loud? And they're like, no, everyone's staring at us. And I go, huh. I guess they recognize you guys from television. And then just look at me like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> so we sit at the back, and then another fly in the ointment is added because Ramesh is vegan. Now, I don't know if you've ever said to someone on the Isle of Wight, what here has no meat or animal byproducts in it? But she literally had to look at the menu and went, the cheese platter doesn't have any meat in it. You can have that. And he went, okay. And so we ate a cheese platter, and by that I meant he ate some crackers. I had a delightful ch curry, which was the most ironic thing that they were shocked that brown people were there, and yet they had curry on the menu. So I ate that. It was great. Then we went and did our gig. And then, uh, yeah, so Nish uh, sends us this lovely email. Gamble's going to be there. What the fuck is he doing? Oh, I sent him this. I went to this festival called Sonosphere. It was heavy metal. It was awesome. Uh, Gamble's going to be there. Fun lads. Also, the suggestion is the Battle of John Hastings is my suggestion for your podcast. Well, you said that twice. That or more Hastings, less speed. All right, we can do things with both of those things. Would you guys like to hear the story of the time I did speed by myself? Yes, you would. All right. <laughs> so I grew up in, uh, in Canada in a very sleepy town uh, called Ottawa, probably similar to Dundee. Jack, is there a lot of stuff to do in Dundee? Yes. yes. Okay, nothing like Dundee whatsoever. Uh, there was nothing to do. It was literally you played hockey or you, pardon me? You can guys can go ahead. Don't worry. Like I'm not gonna make you pee in front of you. But you can go that way. All right. Oh, just go. Just go. Most polite exit of a show ever, right there. Pardon me. We both need to whistle wazzle. Could you take a break in the monotony for the pee 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 pee? I understand. But listen, if you stay in this room long enough, the urine will evaporate from your bladders. Like, like my gooch right now resembles the Dead Sea. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. What? Who built Scotland? No building has ventilation. It's perfect. When the Germans attack, and they will again, 
I'm running to Scotland because no building will fall. The bombs will just ricochet and they'll go, ha, 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 and then just land on the ground. And, and if they're going to invade, Edinburgh is the place to hide. Because even the marching orders coming into this town, where are we going to go? We'll go up Cowgate. Which part? There's a bridge in the middle of the road somehow. Give me the map. <laughs> How the fuck does this? Who built this town? Wh- who built Edinburgh? I do know the World's End pub. Not only comedy, also a little bit of history. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. So that used to be a lake? What happened to the water? They drained it. I'm not surprised. Medieval water treatment was a little gross. Yeah. Like you would shit everywhere. They used to what? Test witches. Yeah, like you could say witches and witchcraft. Jack, do you know what a witch is? Do you have any girls in your class that you would classify as witches? <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Let's get into this. Why? Why sort of? <laughs> why sort of? I'm only standing up because if I sat down even more, I was gonna literally just melt into a sheet. Like I. Like, you guys don't have the... I have the pressure of performance on me, people! That's how I'm sweating! Look at you, sir. Cool as a cucumber, just thinking about your facts about computers and how to tune a banjo, probably. But not me. I'm up here, I'm dancing for you, trying to figure out what the fuck I'm supposed to do with the Battle of Hastings, because it's already been pretty aggressive. I'll tell the speed story in a second. Now, so, do you like all of the girls in your class? No. Any of them you fancy? No, none of them? Do you have a girlfriend, Jack? That's okay. When you're ready, you'll, the one will appear. And who's this next to you? Is that your sister? Do you guys get along? Are you fucking lying to me right, Jack? Maybe? What's the worst thing she's ever done to you? Miss, let's go to you. What's the worst thing you've ever done to Jack? You don't know? I like how both of your parents are just eyes locked right on. Yeah, what is the worst thing you've ever done, Stacy? Is your name Stacy? Imagine if it was, though. Now, <laughs> what is your name? Sarah? It's a beautiful name. means one who hates her brother in Latin. <laughs> and Sarah, how old are you? So 16, 12. Oh, that's, but that's good. So you'll be out of school when he goes into school, so you guys won't be going to the same school, right? That's good. So you're not going to be like that? Because I went to school. Welcome back. How was the whizzle wazzle? <laughs> We're getting into Jack and Sarah's personal history. So I was in high school, and all of my friends' older brothers were in the last year when we were in the first year. And in Canada, Wynn is very uncomfortable how close my yunk is to his head. <laughs> don't worry, buddy. I went caca before the show. There will be no farts going your way. And we have this thing. I don't know. Thank you very much, Katie. Um, in, in Canada, we have hazing. When you go into grade 9 in high school, you have a week called Frosh Week, and all the grads wear uh, like coveralls like they're mechanics, and they beat the dog piss out of the grade 9s. And we were shithead punk rockers, so what we did is we bought a bunch of eggs the first day and thinking, we're like, fuck it, we'll frosh back, which was the dumbest thing we could have done because that drew attention to us. So we just walked in first day of school and egged all the grad students' cars and then ran into the school, not thinking, oh, they totally just watched us do that. We're all dressed in black with chain wallets. It's going to be difficult for us to run. So then we had to spend the rest of the week. I got egged on the face. My friend... um, (laughs) He had three brothers, 
One was in like about it was the year before graduating, and then he had twin brothers who were graduating. And this, you know, that family that's in every neighborhood, and they're the kind of they're not the trouble family, but you know, like when those parents go away, it's gonna be the party. Like if something's on fire, like ah, oh, the j got to it, like that kind of style of family. They taped him to the goalpost in the football field, and his dad had to go find him at ten at night, and he was just there, and he just went, which one of your brothers did this? And he went, all of them, and he went, I figured. <laughs> so it was cut. I was 16 years old. You're 18. Have you done any drugs? No. Good answer. Jack, have you done any drugs? No. Good. Sarah? Don't lie to me, Sarah. <laughs> Let's ask your dad. Sarah, have you done any drugs? Yes. I believe you. You're like my parents. Done no drugs, therefore I could never be like, yeah, well, you were high in high school, and then she would go, no, I wasn't. It was one girl named Stacy. She went away, and she came back dressed in black, and she smelled like herbs, and I know that's weed now, John, and why does your bag smell that way? <laughs> so uh, when I was 17 years old, we discovered that uh, for a period of time, uh, Ritalin, do you guys know about the, the, the drug Ritalin? So the drug Ritalin was pharmaceutical synthesized speed that they would give to ADHD kids. Now, they changed the formula after they figured out that people were crushing them up with coins and snorting them, but we read that and remembered that one of my friends had an old Ritalin prescription, so we got it, and we're like, we're gonna do speed. Now, all of my friends decided at the last minute not to do speed, but that was after I had done the speed. <laughs> so they are all, like that 16-year-old, like, we know how to drink, we know how to drink, so let's put some of this beer in this milk and see what happens. And so I... <laughs> That's not even a joke. We did that at one party at a cottage. I watched a friend of mine take off his pants and underwear and just walk into the woods. And then I just heard <laughs> And he walked just directly into the lake. Like just, like there's only one way to clean this. I'm gonna bathe my nether regions like we used to cure witches back in the day. And so I, uh, I'm on speed by myself. I'm in my friend um, I gotta edit his name out. He's now a policeman. I was in my friend I'll never figure out that code name. I was in his basement. His basement was one of those old school 70s basements where it had like a bar, shag carpeting, all that sort of stuff. So we're like drinking and I'm on speed. I don't know if you've ever been, who here has ever been on speed? Just me then. All right, if you've never been on speed, it's a great drug. You're very focused, but at the same time, you just want to run, you want to hide, you want to fight, you want to eat, you want to cry, you want to laugh, and you also have no control over peeing or pooing because it, everything is just going at a super rate, so I keep like running the bathroom to pee, and they're like, you need to cool the fuck out, and I'm like, I am fine, let me ask you a question, why are these chairs in a line? They should be in a square. And so I put the chairs <laughs> in a square, and then they would be like, hey, do you want a beer? I already drank all the beers, thank you very much, now I'm gonna eat the cans. And so, then his <laughs> friends, dad and mom, come home, and they are unsure why our friend put his shoes in the microwave and set it to 90 minutes. That was his move at house parties, by the way. He would microwave his shoes. It was a bad idea because shoes, when microwave, they just fall apart. So he kept having to tape his shoes back together. Oh, he was the best. I'm going to edit his name out, but his way he lost his virginity is, I think, the greatest story ever. He, uh, his, his brother was this crazy man who went away to work on the oil fields in Alberta, and he came back with this girl who was a runaway, and it was, and he was like, she was like doing homework, and she just came into his room and just put her like leg up on the chair and went, "Your brother tells me you're still a virgin. Let's fix that." And he went, "Good idea." <laughs> and he showed up the next day, and he had a presentation on John Diefenbaker, our prime minister, and instead he just told that story <laughs> to grade 11 history, and even the teacher kind of was like, "All right, good job." <laughs> 
I told you we'd get laughing, just took me a bit. Now, so back, I'm on speed. <laughs> microwaving his shoes, his parents come home and are like, what is going on? Also, <laughs> had fencing swords. So also my <laughs> are in the backyard just fencing. So they come back from like dinner and a movie. We're 55, we have teenage kids, but we trust them. And they find like one guy has just arranged all of their furniture in a smiley face, <laughs> shoes in their microwave, and two people are dueling to the death 1982, 1982, 1882 style. And they're like, you guys, you guys need to get out. So we go to the park, we're walking through the park, and we are all very drunk. And uh, <laughs> goes, we need to find some girls. And then I said, a girl for you. And then I went to put my butt by his face because he was tying his shoes and farted. But instead, more things came out. <laughs> like it wasn't a full duke roo but definitely there was an issue. And he was just like, did you just shit yourself? And I said, no! And then I went behind a tree and I took off my boxes and put my jeans back on and I went, smell me now, you can't tell. And he was like, yeah, you don't smell like shit. And then he went over to my boxes and went, but those have shit in them, you shit yourself. And then I said, you're not a detective. And then I ran for about 45 minutes, just through the streets of Ottawa. And I grew up in like suburban, suburbia Canada. Like people call the police like, uh, hello, one of the rose bushes slightly moved and moved again. It's the wind. Can you tell, talk to someone about the wind? Like it's just, the, literally the only shop in my neighborhood was called Just Wood. And it sold wood. And we would occasionally go in there and go, do you have any plastic? And they would go, just wood. And we would laugh. <laughs> it, was, it was just ridiculous. So I'm like running through the streets. And my friends were trying to track me down because we were 16 or 17 at this time. So it was like, we're almost adults. But at the same time, if we are caught by a parent or something happens to me, they are all up shit creek without a turd paddle. So they need to get me like restrained and calm down so I don't walk into my mom's house just like, hey mom, couple of things. All the stuff goes on the roof. Who wants to have a push-up contest? You, me, let's do it. I already did 100. Do we have any beer? I love beer. So they're trying to track me down and I am I'm very fast. <laughs> fit man I've ever seen. He once on a dare held a chin up for seven minutes and he just did it to prove that the gym teacher wasn't as much of a man as he was. Because he did it for five, and he was like, I can do it for seven. And um, Mr. Vo was it Mr. Vavoda? Yeah, Mr. Vavoda was like, no way can you. <laughs> and he has like long hair, and he was like, I can. And then he took his shirt off like a conquering hero, and then got up on the chin bar. And we watched him, and he just did it for seven minutes. And then at the seventh minute, he just dropped. And his, I, his arms were noticeably longer. <laughs> And I was like, buddy, are you all right? And he goes, I, I don't know my name. You need to get me to my house. <laughs> and so he is an incredible athlete. It's insane. I've worked out with him one time. And he does like burpees. You know what burpees are? Which is like you like a, like a jumping jack, then a push up, and then you jump back up. And then I stop and cry for a long time. But he does them like in a circuit. And so he catches up to me after about half an hour. And he's like drenched in sweat. And he goes, you need to stop running. And I just went, I thought I was walking. And then we stopped and we went down to the river. We had a river like Edinburgh used to have a lake. It was this gross, weird river that ran into the power plant, but the power plant hadn't worked, hadn't been used since the 60s. So it's just this raging, weird river called the Ottawa River. And there's just like government buildings on one side and then forests on the other side. And when there's nothing to do in a town, <coughs> what boys do is they destroy shit. So we found an air conditioner unit. I don't know where we got it, but we decided to set that on fire. Now, I don't know how you, if you guys know how metal works, but it is not easy to set on fire. 
Luckily, one of my friends went to a gas station and bought a jerry can full of gasoline. So he pours that on air. Yeah, Canada's a go-ahead place. Listen, if you show up, you're drunk at 16, and go, I need a jerry can of gasoline, they'll go, why wouldn't you? Although it's petrol because we're in the UK. Where I come from, it's gasoline. So he comes back with the gasoline, we pour it on the air conditioner unit, and we light it on fire, and then we realize this fire is very big, and people can definitely see it, which then came from my proposal, still high on speed, which was get the air conditioner unit into the river. Now, I didn't want to touch it with my hands. That would be stupid. So I running start and decided to drop kick it into the river. I like how the parents are just looking at me going, I'm so glad he's not my boy. I'm so happy. Listen, my mom gets here on Wednesday, and the podcast's tone will take a very different light. A lot of like, and then we went home after a nice tea and exchanging poetry book recommendations. What a delightful time was had in high school. And so I took a running start, and I drop-kicked the air conditioner unit, and I, in my head, thought it would go towards the river. But it was a good 14 feet from the river. So it moved about four feet, and then I went, ah, because it, it melted the bottom of my shoes. Luckily, though, my friends are good convincers, so they went, hey, man, just try it again until we get it into the water. So I did it about eight more times. It finally landed in the water, and that, like, telltale, like, whoosh, steam rose up. My shoes are melted. My other friend's shoes are falling apart because he put them in a microwave. We walk out of the river covered in soot and happy. We walk by the fire truck that it's on its way. Policeman stops us. Shows you how good the police are in Canada. My shoes are melted. I'm obviously on drugs. Another guy's shoes are falling apart from being in a microwave. One of the other guys has a sword wound on its face. I'm not wearing any underwear. And one guy keeps calling me shit pants. And the policeman pulled over. And we had a local police officer who was assigned to the youth of the area. That's what happens in suburbs. His name was The Package. He had, his he had a nickname. I don't understand why he had a nickname. But he had a nickname. He was definitely corrupt because I think he was getting kickbacks from kid marijuana dealers. Anyway, he stopped us. And he may or may not have known us from various shenanigans. And he went, fellas, you wouldn't have happened to have been setting fire to any wood down by the river. And then <laughs> air conditioner, actually. And then we laughed and walked away. And he laughed and went and dealt with the fire. And it was, uh, it was a ridiculous, ridiculous time. Anything like that ever happened to you, Jack? What about you, Hugh? Any shenanigans happening down in Bristol? Not that you're going to share with your parents looking at you right now. Especially your dad who suspected some things that you were involved in, but he doesn't want to say anything. Have you ever been suspended from school? No? Straight arrow? What do you want to be when you grow up, Hugh? Don't know. Goddamn right, Hugh. <laughs> you get out there. You travel. See the world. Don't, don't just stay in Bristol forever. Go to Brighton. It's like Bristol, only <laughs> this way instead of that way. For those of you who've been to Bristol and Brighton, that's a very clever joke. And for those of you that haven't, go to both places and then appreciate that humor. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, before we uh, wrap up and send you guys outside to uh, air out and uh, figure out what that smell is, it's me. Uh, <laughs> one last thing. Thank you so much for coming. Just so you know, uh, this podcast is free to get in, not free to get out. So anything you want to pop in the bucket would be appreciated. Money, especially. We did get a note that said, you're great, which was nice, <laughs> but I can't buy food with that. I tried, and the Moss Kitchen people were unimpressed. <laughs> I said, 
And they went, we know we are great. We are the Musk Kitchen. And I was like, all right, fine. So anything you want to put at the bucket at the end, I have another show at 945 at the Pleasant Cell if you want to come see that. It's much more scripted, a lot a lot less drug talk, but still swearing. You guys have been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for coming to Anything to Be a Podcast podcast. And I'll see you at the back. Thank you very much. Good night. <laughs>